Welcome to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. I'm your host, Les Shapiro. And I'm your co-host, Vic Lombardi. Now, each episode, we'll bring inspiring interviews with great athletes, celebrities, and the most brilliant minds in medicine on how to beat adversity to win in life. So thanks for spending time with us as we bring you one step closer to becoming your best unstoppable self. We are joined by the ultimate NFL insider, Adam Schefter. Of course, uh, he works for ESPN. And if there's a news story that breaks out of that league, you can be sure that Adam probably broke it. Adam, how are you doing? You're staying healthy. You're staying isolated, most importantly. Yeah, Les, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Vic, hope you guys are well and safe as well. Adam, New York is one of the hot spots for the coronavirus, and I'm wondering, what's it like around you right now? You're, you live in New York, obviously, and what are you seeing when you look out the window or, or even if you go out onto the street? Well, I was in Denver during 9-11, and I would just say that um, this is reminiscent of that, but I think much greater, much maybe more significant if that could even be. We're talking about the event of a lifetime in 9-11. And now you're talking about another event of a lifetime. And when I put on Good Morning America and the Today Show, and they're interviewing doctors and nurses on the front line in New York, they're in the hospitals where my wife gave birth to our daughter, where I was treated for in the past, where I passed a kidney stone in November. Those halls are the halls I've been in. And now they are teaming with COVID-19 patients and these incredible doctors and nurses and healthcare workers who are literally on the front line of this war against an invisible enemy, putting their life on the line every day. And, and I, I'm so grateful and appreciative and I, to them. And I can't even imagine the jobs that they have, uh, how scary that must be. But this basically is in my backyard right now. And it's come to everybody. Uh, it's just a question of how severe. And it happens to be pretty severe here right now. Yeah, I think that's the difference between, as you mentioned, 9-11 and now. You know, many of us could only experience 9-11 from afar. We, we didn't feel it as personally as we do now because we are all being affected individually, directly. Well, it, it, it affects everybody. And uh, again, it's a situation where you know, 9-11, like I said, I, I'm from New York and I was out in Colorado, but I felt like if you were from New York, there was no way you didn't know somebody that wasn't in, involved that day. And you know, my parents lost their best friend in 9-11, and I lost a college fraternity brother. And the woman I wound up marrying uh, lost her husband, and, and, and you know, some we have lost his biological father that day. You couldn't be from New York and not know somebody. And I, I feel like right now uh, with this that it's the same kind of thing. I've got friends who have tested positive. I've got family members who have tested positive, not my direct family, but cousins and nieces. And it's just it's just prevalent it's just everywhere and 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 so you just keep your fingers crossed that people can somehow find a vaccine they can find a way to test faster quicker more efficiently nobody ever would have envisioned that our our way of life would be struck down by the pandemic that we're now experiencing something like this is so beyond comprehension but that's what 9-11 was too like you, you couldn't imagine that somebody would hijack planes and fly them into building like come on like if we were in a movie and you saw it, you wouldn't believe it. And that that's what we're living through now, just as we lived through that uh, back when 9-11 happened. When 9-11 occurred, the, the country came together because you're like, okay, we know 
who's who did it. We, you know, everybody sort of got together and went at. It was a tangible enemy. Yeah. Now, now all you see is this germ illustration on your computer that comes up every day. There's you can't see it. You can't. You can only feel it when you get it, but it can't be seen. And that's what's so tough for me to comprehend. Well. Today, I, I went with my wife and my daughter. We, we took our dogs out the street, and it's, you know, blue skies, and it's a nice day. And you're walking around. Um, the difference is, you know, you just don't come into contact with anybody in the outside world. It, it's very weird. Think about this. You know, we spent our life. You see somebody, you shake their hand, you give them a hug, you give them a kiss. I, I don't know that that's ever going to happen again. And maybe I'm overreacting. But let's just say you're out of quarantine two, three months. Are you, you shaking people's hands? Are you giving them a hug? Are you giving them a kiss? I mean, just think think about that. Like, think about how life is going to change. You know, I, again, I go back to 9-11, and it used to be, it, it's amazing to think about, when you were going to the airport to pick up somebody, you'd park, you'd go inside, you'd wait at the gate for that person to walk off the plane. You'd be at the gate right there. 9-11 happens. Oh, now there's all the security to get through. And you can't get to the gate anymore. You got to wait for them. And now you just wonder, okay, well, now is it going to be thermometer tests for everybody walking into a stadium, walking into an airport, walking onto a flight? Uh, are you going to have to go into your friend's house and, 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 be, and be tested? Again, I don't know how this is going to shake out, but there's no way that society isn't enormously and massively affected by this. No way. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, 9-11, that was a flex point, especially – for the way we operated at airports, as you pointed out, the recession back in 2007 to 2000, what, 12 or 13, that was a flex point as well. And it changed the way corporations operated. And now this is going to change the way all of us operate, whether it be from a, a personal standpoint, hugging, kissing, collecting in big groups, uh, the way businesses operate. Are more people going to be working from home now? Is residential real estate going to take a tumble because of that? Because office space isn't being rented? Weddings. Weddings. Exactly. Parties. Public restrooms, for crying out loud, you know? It's, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. When you think about that, though, from a media perspective, you live in the NFL. Now, granted, you do a lot of your work on your phones, Adam. But you wonder, training camp comes around if training camp comes around. How much access is media going to get moving forward? I mean, are we going to be able to go in the locker rooms, any random person? Are they going to huddle on the sidelines watching training camp? All those things in the media world may change. Well, listen, first of all, I'm sure the teams have no problems changing those things. And so if it means less locker room access, less personal interaction, I think I think teams would want that anyway. And this just gives them a reason to do it. It gives them a valid reason to do it. And again, I can't predict a fallout of this yet. It's too early to say, other than I just believe it's going to be extreme, whatever it is. However, the world is changed by this. Like I said, 9-11 was something we couldn't imagine. And we see the fallout in terms of security details from it. And this, there's going to be even more fallout from this. And the way that we test people, screen people, gather together, public places. I, again, let your imagination run wild and anything's possible. Okay, we're going to take a short break right now and we will be right back with ESPN's Adam Schefter.
We Are Unstoppable is sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. You know, Les, when I got hit with prostate cancer, it's the first place I turned to because I know the Anschutz Campus, they really delve into breakthrough technology. If there's something new on the horizon, I know they've got it. And I was hit with lung cancer. And that's where I get treated as well, at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. They've got me up and running. They've made me unstoppable. Less they've made us unstoppable. And they're located right here in the heart of the Rocky Mountain region. And now back to our conversation with ESPN's NFL insider, Adam Schefter. You know, Adam, I, I knew you way back when, when you were still trying to become a full-time beat writer covering the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, now you are who you are, a cultural icon. So, I mean, you got a lot of life left. You're, you're in your early 50s. What's next? What, what do you want to be when you grow up? I, you know, I've never thought like that, Les. And I, and I definitely don't think about next, in, in the midst of a pandemic, about what I want to do next. I want, I want to just make it to tomorrow and keep my family safe. That's all I really care about right now. Uh, I feel very fortunate to work for a great company, ESPN, owned by the Walt Disney Company. They've treated me very well. Uh, I work with great people, very talented, uh, get to cover a sport that people love. And it, it, it's it's kind of been my life, for better or worse. You know, I've formed relationships over 30 years where the people that you know work on these teams, you have relationships with them. And so they know about your family, you know about their family. And and it's just again, for better or worse, mostly for the better. That that's my life, and and so I, I don't think about what's next. Most of us have jobs, Adam. Where well, we can't wait for our day off. Day off's coming up. I'm going to do this and that with the family. In your line of work, there's no day off. There's no minute off because you're a phone call away from a big story. So how? And the NFL is a 12 month a year business. So where do you find the downtime? How do you find that? That's the one downside. That is the one downside where it just kind of morphs into your life, and so. You know, I've said this before to people, but, you know, my, my wife, she's not a big flyer anyway, but we, we haven't been on vacation in a very long time. Um, I would go. Uh, she doesn't like to leave home. We've got four dogs. We've got two kids. You know, there's always stuff going on at the house. Um, and so and so that, that doesn't really happen very often. But, you know, I remember a few years ago, we went to Nantucket for the weekend. And when we went to Nantucket, for, it was our 10th wedding anniversary. We went there for the weekend. The food would be great. And as soon as I landed... Uh, the Chiefs fired their general manager, Don Dorsey. And, and what happens when that happens, it's not that you have to do, go on TV and talk about it. It's that you've got a lot of other people across the league, other front office people call, what, what happened with John Dorsey? What's the deal? What's the deal? And, um, you know, I, I just don't pick up my phone and say, well, I, I'm on vacation. I'm, I'm celebrating my 10-year wedding anniversary. Right now. Let me call you back. It's just not, you know, it's not how I've been trained. And so, you know, you spend the afternoon on the phone and, Certain people aren't happy about that, and you know it's just kind of the the life that that you, that you live, and um, so yeah, it, it's it's a year round job, it's an all day job. You can do it from home as I'm, as everybody's doing their job from home right now, uh, but that doesn't stop calls from coming in, and uh, and again, I, I don't say this complaint. I, I I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I'm not qualified to do anything else. I love what I do, but that is something that is. Uh, challenging about it. Like sometimes you just say, you know, Hey, it'd be nice for this to let up last year. 
uh, it was the summer, it was August. My mother-in-law was having a 75th, they were having a surprise 75th birthday dinner for her. Went to the dinner, it was in Piermont, New York, about an hour from where I live, drove with my family. She walks in, she's surprised. We sit down to have dinner, literally at her table. I get a text from somebody, hey, you have a moment? And I thought to myself, I mean, can I just have like, you know, this night with my mother-in-law, it's her 75th birthday dinner. And I texted back, I'm like, just sat down for my mother-in-law's 75th surprise birthday dinner, all okay. The person takes it back, just had some information I want to pass along with a wink emoji. So I sit at the table, excuse me one second. And I walked outside and, and the person said, just wanted to give you a heads up that Andrew Luck's retiring tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, mom-in-law, you're going to have to <laughs> yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. Can you blow out the candles now? <laughs> and, and so I will never forget my mother-in-law's 75th birthday party, but not for the reasons that everybody would expect, right? It turned into a night of doing hits from sport, you know, literally following the story, doing Sports Center, going live. And, and you feel bad because you're there to honor this person who deserved a great night. And, and I didn't get to make her night any greater than it was. Yeah, but the NFL news cycle never stops. Hey, you, you mentioned wife Sherry. Um, I, I think most people know she lost her first husband on 9-11. He worked at the World Trade Center. Um, and you wrote a book about your experience marrying Sherry. Yeah, and Vic and I both read the book and liked it very much. Um, it's called The Man I Never Met. How, how challenging was it to write that book? Because, Adam, it was so personal. You really bared your soul in a lot of ways. Well, listen, if she was going to be honest about her life and everything that happened to her, there was no reason for me to hide anything. And so I was honest about my life and, and you know, the, the, the challenges and difficulties that, that we all encounter in life along the way as we try to figure out our way. And, and now I'm 53 and you look back on things and, um, you know, again, you, you think there are issues at that point in time. Oh, you know, this girl isn't interested in me or this relationship didn't work out or, or boy, I didn't. I didn't get that story I wanted or this job isn't going the way I you know, wanted it to be or, or this newspaper is not making me a columnist and taking me out of the beat writing world or, you know, all, all the, the uh, setbacks, if you will, that we all encounter in our life as we make our way from young professionals to try to make it so that we're more established in our respective fields. Every, everybody goes through their own things. I'm no different. So, all I did was share those stories along the way, right? Like, hey, hard to meet a girl, hard to have a girlfriend and meet somebody I can marry, hard to kind of, you know, you know, that's the funny thing is as much as I, I love my job and as fortunate as I am, I, I think people forget, like I, I was a newspaper beat writer for 16 years. And during 16 years, I wondered, and I was fine with it. Like, wow, is this, is this what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? And and I thought it it would be like, um, there are people that get impatient in their mid twenties now or mid to late twenties. And, and they, they, they want the world now. And, and we, we're so impatient because everything is so instantaneous in the world we live in. And I thought, well, why isn't it that I can't do national work? Why isn't it that I can't be a sports columnist or be on uh, a TV network or do something bigger and broader than just covering the Denver Broncos for the local newspaper. And it didn't happen for 16 years. And, and after, honestly, after about seven or eight years, you just kind of accept it. You say, well, okay, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And hopefully it leads you in the right direction. And then things just start happening. But, but I didn't work on TV until I was 
38 on a full-time basis, 38, you know, so, um, I didn't set out to become a football television reporter. I set out to become a newspaper sports columnist, like, and it wound up where it was. And I, I think there's a lesson in there too, that you just keep working hard and doing the right thing and trying different things professionally. And, and as long as you're, you're trying to treat people the right way, then it goes where it will. And, and you don't know where that is a lot of times. And I didn't plan for it to go the way that it did, but ultimately, and it worked out fine. But it wasn't like I had some grand plan or aspired to do this. I, I think that I was always driven. I was always ambitious. I always worked hard, tried to work hard. And you do those things and you let the chips fall where they will, if that makes any sense. I mean, you guys, you know, I was with you guys during those 16 years. You saw, I think, those things that I'm talking about. You just work hard and, uh, and, and, and let it go where it will. Well, you bring up a good point, Adam. You know, I've always seen your work ethic. And one thing I've always admired about you is you have a work ethic that is unmatched, unrivaled. And what's what's interesting, though, is I, I know how much happier you are now, because once you get family surrounding you and you still have that work ethic, you still have those goals, you still have those daily achievements. But then you have someone to share it with, right? You go home and I see your your wonderful daughter that is now the most talented person in the family and is going to exceed everything you've ever done. Uh, I, I, I would want nothing more than that. Yep. Yes. So how when, when you look at it this way, all those things you did as a youngster, they pale in comparison to the ability to share that with your family. Do they not? Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. And, and, and I think that's what happens. And you gain a perspective. Uh, by recognizing that your life is completely secondary to theirs and making sure that they're happy. And when you say your daughter will be, you know, this big success and the biggest success, I, I, I would love that, Vic. Like, that would be unbelievable. We're, we're only as happy as our least happy child, as people say. And there's definitely um, truth to that statement and that phrase. And, you know, we're all at home right now. I got, we've got a 19, soon-to-be 20-year-old son. We've got a daughter who's 11. Um, they're both going to virtual school here. Everybody's in the house. We're hunkered down. We're socially distancing. We're not leaving the house. Uh, we're scared of what's going on around us in our backyard. And so uh, you do the best you can, and you you do take joy in their life. And, and also, let me say this, that um, to bridge two of the topics together, you're talking about what my job takes and the relentless nature of the NFL, there's a big sacrifice on their part because even today we're walking the dogs and I'm getting texts from somebody and, and my daughter's calling my name and I'm trying to respond to them. She's like, dad, dad, dad. I'm like, Dylan, I, I, I'm just answering. I have to take care of this. And so sometimes they feel second uh, and they're never second, but the job beckons and it can't wait. It has to be done then. And I will say that probably the two, most enjoyable, memorable stories that I've worked on involved them. One was Andrew Luck just being at that party. Just they were they were right there with it. They were watching the fallout. They were watching people in the restaurant, the busboys and waiters, rush into our room to ask if it was true and to yeah. see the reaction. And then the other one was, you know, when when we reported Tom Brady was expected to sign with Tampa Bay. 
literally got the story and was in my office with my wife and my daughter as um following the story to my news desk and pushing send on Twitter and they're watching it and we follow the story and we jump on Sports Center and they're right there. My daughter's loving this, you know, because you know, she she'd been a part of this and watching some of the calls that went on with Tom Brady and and so it, it, you know, they were there watching the whole thing and look, I don't tell you guys, you 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 you're both fathers and husbands. Uh, when you share any part of your job uh, that's meaningful with your family, there are there are not many things that are better than that. Hey, la- last question for me, Adam. Where were you, or I should ask, how surprised were you when you were sitting in the movie theater and Kevin Costner in the movie Draft Day dropped your name? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, I didn't see it in the theater. I had to rent it, but I heard about it from a lot of people. And uh, what did he say? I was an asshole? Is that what he said? I, I can't remember the exact line. All I know is I'm sitting there in the movie theater and I go, whoa, Adam got some good pub there. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was something like, yeah, tell that asshole I'm not calling him back. I'm like, oh, join the club. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> really appreciate your time. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, talking about things other than just X's and O's. It's been a lot of fun. It's fun not to have the answer where Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or Jadevian Clown is going to wind up. That's great. I love that. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for listening to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. You want more Unstoppable stories? Subscribe to our podcast wherever you find and listen to podcasts. You can even ask your smart speaker to play We Are Unstoppable podcasts. And you can visit us at our website, unstoppablepodcasts.com, for more episodes and ways to subscribe. That's unstoppablepodcasts.com. Subscribe today. 